This is Almost 107, a Fanshawe College Journalism student podcast. Get real. Hello, my name is Ibrahim Marash. With cycling emerging as one of the best ways to get around, some people have been switching over. Whether their reasons being health, affordability, or for the environment, it's been growing and growing and the city's growing with it. New bike lanes and bike lockers are one of the many additions to the city's cycling community. Uh, hi, I'm Selena. I'm an avid cyclist here in the city. And with many cyclists getting into it during the pandemic. Started to cycle in London this summer, actually, when I got a, a bike, and I've been cycling a lot. Despite this, cyclists are still somewhat fearful of London roads, especially with recent events like the death of a Fanshawe student. The 29-year-old Jivin Bonoy, who was killed in Hin Run while riding his bike, or like when a black Dodge truck rammed into a crowd of cyclists earlier this summer. With this in mind, I had the chance to talk with some London cyclists who have been commuting using bikes about their thoughts on what some of the biggest obstacles facing cyclists were in London. One of the cyclists I talked with, Mitch, talked more on what their experiences have been like, but first we introduced ourselves. I got to learn a little bit about how long they've been biking for and why. So how long have you been living in London for? Oh, um, maybe six years now. At this current current stint, I guess I've lived here before that as well, though I grew up just not far from London. So, so Mitch, uh, how long have you been riding uh, your bike for? Oh, um, I'd say on London streets, maybe four or five years. Why do you use your bike mainly? Uh, I mainly use my bike for exercise, actually. Um, not really for commuting, but uh, just for exercise, yeah. Mitch talked with me on some of the obstacles he had faced while trying to bike. Some included bicycle lanes, not including the protected lanes, more so discussing the painted lanes that have been added to the city. What some challenges may be for someone who wants to use biking for a main form of transportation while living in London? Yeah, I mean, right now... Um, there's a big lack of bike lanes throughout the city and, and safe bike lanes. You know, the, the bike lanes that are just painted lines are, are good, but they um, are just a painted line. So often I do find people driving in the bike lanes and trying to cut me off when I'm in the bike lane. So um, that that's a big hurdle right now. And, and a lot of the, like say the artery roads um, that go through the city that can get you from end to end don't have bike lanes. So you end up having to weave your way around on like the Thames Valley Parkway, um, or, um, or just kind of, uh, suburban streets or, or, you know what I mean? Smaller streets. It, it just takes a long time to get from end to end safely. This opinion was echoed by many of the other cyclists I talked with during my interviews, including one of the cyclists I talked with, Selena, who further discussed issues she had with Sarnia Road, notorious for being a particularly tough patch for cyclists. Uh, so I actually had a very close call last week. So um, I crossed Wonderland over to Sarnia and a bus had been stopped right there. And you're right at the corner there of Wonderland and Sarnia heading towards the university. And you have two options as a cyclist when you're being blocked by the bus. You can either try and go around the bus, which now you're getting in the way of cars and you're in the bus's blind spot. So you really don't know if you're, the bus will pull out and hit you, or you can kind of just sit in the bike lane and wait for it to go. But now you're in the way of all the turning right vehicles from Wonderland. Uh, so a vehicle nearly kind of got my back wheel while I, while I was waiting. And then uh, I just continued on. Um, the bus pulled away and I managed to actually 
overtake the bus because it had to slow down. Um, and then I rode right past the bus, but then it had to once again, kind of come into the bike lane to, you know, pull over for the riders. And again, it nearly clipped my back wheel. And I was just, I went home that day and I pre-ordered myself a bike camera because I don't think anybody fully grasps how many times we are nearly hit. So you can also talk more on why they start to bike in the first place. Avid cyclist here in the city. How long would you say you've been using uh, biking as your main uh, mode of transportation? Mm, it's been on and off probably since I was a teenager. Um, I used to bike to work when I was a day camp counselor and then... Uh, not so much during university because I kind of lived too far. I lived all the way down Wonderland and couldn't really do it. And there's lots of hills in the city. I got a little more back into biking after university when I was nannying. She shared some similar views with Mitch when it came to some of the big obstacles with trying to bike in London. In regards to London drivers' uh, attitudes and kind of their behavior towards cyclists, how would you describe their uh, behavior and uh, attitude towards cyclists? It's Personally. hostile. It's absolutely hostile. And some, and I get it, you know, cyclists are, we, we, we make mistakes like drivers do on a daily basis, but we're also not in a several ton, you know, metal box. You know, we hit somebody, it's a different story from when they hit us. And, you know, sometimes they'll shrug their shoulders. You can see them kind of mouth, you know, sorry, but it, they don't really get it. They don't seem to get it. Or some, if you, you know, tell them off about their terrible driving, they'll just yell back at you. So I will say I've become a very aggressive individual when I've, I, I don't know, I just have no more kindness left in me when it comes to that. And I feel awful uh, screaming at people, but I don't really think they understand the magnitude of their mistakes. You know, you kill somebody. Mitch echoed this opinion. You know, it's a big inconvenience if you slow them down for 10 seconds as a cyclist, which it's just blows my mind because I don't know, as the cyclist, obviously I can understand my point of view, but uh, the drivers don't seem to understand that they're in a huge metal box. And This opinion on London drivers was echoed by another one of the cyclists I interviewed with him saying more on the topic. Uh, my name is Kevutan Sushant. Although he viewed London drivers' attitude and behavior slightly differently. People who are turning right, or uh, the, they don't see the bikers coming there, and I can't blame the drivers. It's just the way it is, the rule it is like. Because me, I also drive car, and I, I see how it is difficult to see because you have a blind spots in your car, and it's very difficult to see around who's coming from back. So when I'm going in a route that uh, people either usually like drive too close to the bike lane or like they are turning right ahead of me and they just don't see me, I'm coming and they just cut me off in front of me. And uh, there's also stuff happen like uh, the route I take usually is the cheap side road. So in the bike lane in cheap side road, it's like that it's not continuous. It uh, usually merges with the road. So, so in those kind of places, I mean, I have no option to just merge with the road. So I don't want to ride in the footpath because first of all, it's dangerous. When talking with the cyclists, many of them talked on how there was a lack of sufficient infrastructure for cyclists and how some roads weren't designed for cyclists in mind. Many talked about some improvements that could be made and what the city has been doing so far. Oh, I don't think the government has done much in the way of improving or just going against cycling. I think because of a lack of in infrastructure and I want to get to, to work safely and um, for me to bike to work, um, I would just be putting myself in risk 
quite often. I, I, I would have to go up Commissioner's Road all the way into Byron. And, and I don't know if you've ever driven on Commissioner's, but uh, people drive like 90 kilometers an hour on Commissioner's. It's, it's really bad. So as a bike going, you know, maximum 30 kilometers an hour, it's, there's a big difference in, in speed there that um, is just quite scary. Um, so I would say right now, just a lack of infrastructure all throughout the city. And I know the city is making a lot of efforts to install new infrastructure. Like I, I live close to commissioners in Upper Queens or Rideout where they just changed uh, the intersection around there to make the, the bike lanes more safe. They kind of divert off to the side of, of the road and then you have a safer crossing and then you come back in with a dedicated bike lane the whole time on both sides. In my opinion, like I feel protected bike lanes is one of the best. I mean, I think number, thing, number one thing comes from for safety. And number two, like if you're making a bike lane, like just make it, like continuous like you don't have the bike lane doesn't have to stop suddenly and sometimes it merges with the uh you know side the curb side of the footpath and the other thing is like like you don't have to uh put the bike lane just next to the the main roads i mean i go to the cheap side road so that's the best one i found it and uh turning lanes like i'm i'm not sure if this is possible but usually turning right on the red light is usually that's the main thing cities like montreal are much more safer to ride a bicycle for commuter services now we living in a car-centric city which is which has been like that for decades where people the, the focus was more on cars so it has become more dangerous to commuters and pedestrians Selena also expressed similar views when it came to city infrastructure and how London is more focused on developing car-oriented transportation opposed to different forms of public transportation, including cycling. Definitely adding more bike lanes would be extremely helpful. It's really frustrating when you hear politicians and it's our car dependency is so ingrained into us. Um, I remember, you know, being that 16, 17 year old getting my G1 and to, to everybody else, it was a status symbol, you know, you're becoming an adult and everything. And I think that kind of mentality is going to be extremely hard to break. Um, especially when we design our cities where getting a car seems to be the only way to get around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating when you hear politicians talk like that. Cause you're like, you, you don't even want to try you like, why don't you want to try? Cause the thing is, is we're going to constantly be growing as a city and we can't just keep adding more car lanes. Like we're not Texas, 24 car lanes is not going to, can you imagine 24 lanes down Wonderland Road? I don't think so. Uh, at some point, we're going to run out of room for lanes. Uh, so why not make the change now? Um, and I think when we're building our new subdivisions and everything, creating narrow, narrower roads, I think would also help with slower speeds for cars. Um, so that way cyclists would want to actually get out and bike because it's a little nerve wracking when you're biking beside vehicles that are going 80, 90 kilometers an hour. It's not so nerve wracking when they're only going 40 kilometers an hour. It's very different, you know. In regards to different type of bike infrastructure, I talked with another one of my interviewees, Andrew, about what the city's been doing with bike lockers, a new concept created for the city that's seen use in parts of the downtown core. 
the bike lockers. I, so I've heard of that in a couple of my other interviews. Uh, would you mind just explaining what they are? So basically, so they have a uh, three sets of four. So 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 each one has four places to to put put a bike. They have them uh, at Victoria Park, uh, Wellington, Dundas, and below the Covenant Garden Market. To access the locker, you just need to download the app for the service, and you can unlock it with uh, the Bluetooth enabled and you can store a bike for two hours for free. And then for every additional hour, it's just a cost of 50 cents. And it seems like there's no real way to get inside of it without the app approval so far. I'm sure if someone like really wanted to, they could force their way in, but then like you're just doing a lot to steal one bike. But I I, I like them a lot. I feel like I feel, I feel as though my bike is very secure there. Andrew also discussed with me some of his thoughts on the infrastructure in London and what some of the bigger obstacles that cyclists faced. I think the lockers are a good start for bike security. Like for people who leave their bike, if they bike to work downtown, I would like for there to be more lockers and more varied low, low locations. Cause right now it's mainly just the downtown core that, that ha has them. Another problem is like the bike lanes themselves are inconsistent with where they go and how they work. Like the, like several lanes just stop at, at random. So I, I could be like in, in a bike lane feeling all right. And then I'm suddenly just sharing the road. And cars are right beside me and it's just they also don't really go to enough places one experience shared by many of the people that i interviewed for this podcast was that of almost getting into an accident while trying to cycle across town they talked on the close calls they had had here and there over their experiences biking um i was hit by a car when i was 23. um it wasn't anything serious it was more like um they were trying to get over to try to turn right and they clipped my back wheel my back wheel was done and i kind of stopped riding for a little bit um but they'll be you know racing down sarnia and they'll sometimes swerve into the bike lane um, i've had a few close calls with actually the ltc buses because they have to get into the bike lane to stop um, to pick up riders uh, so I actually had a very close call last week. So um, I crossed Wonderland over to Sarnia and a bus had been stopped right there. And I can't recall any specifically, um, but, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, similar themes that I can I can recall. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I can't recall any specifically because it, it just happens so often and I haven't been in any, thankfully, like any really, really bad encounters. I haven't been hit by a car. Um, but uh, common themes that I have are people just refusing to move over uh, when they go by you. So they're, I think, I don't know if I'm quoting this right, but they're supposed to give you something like a meter width between you and the car. And uh, quite often I can just reach just over to my left and touch the car when they're passing me, which is just entirely unsafe. I finished all my interviews off by talking with my interviewees about whether or not they would continue to bike and what their hopes were for the future of cycling in London, Ontario. Have you ever considered uh, switching your main form of transportation uh, at uh, any point? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think if I had a dedicated bike lane all the way to work, I would absolutely bike often. Like, I, I love biking for exercise and um and if i could like build that into my daily commute 
um, like, why not? I, I would love to, but, but right now it's just, there's a, a stretch of commissioners that just doesn't have a bike lane and it just feels very unsafe to be biking on there. I'm okay to take bus routes, but again, now here's the thing. The bus goes in the same route as my car goes. The bus will get stuck in the same place, but my car gets stuck. I'm saying the Oxford street this morning, the Oxford street was extremely busy. And if I'm going with the bus, better, it's, I don't see a difference of me taking a car or a bus. It's just, I think the car would be cheaper if I'm just have to take a bus. Now, if the bus routes have different routes and and I can, if it can go to place and it has more frequencies, I would definitely take a bus. I'm Ibrahim Rash. Thanks for listening to Almost 107, a Fanshawe College journalism podcast.